Okay, I'm starting over. New recording. Kayla Curtin, KaylaCurtinConsulting.com. <clears throat> Leadership Mondays, Leadership Live Mondays, and I'm here with Mr. Asad Mukesh, who's live from India. Asad, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I am better than what I deserve. Thank you so much for giving me this wonderful opportunity to come over and talk to you. And I'm really very sorry for the technology stuff that uh, really uh, did not work well. So I believe Romans 828, God's timing. And yes. I think this is the best timing for us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I want you to just uh, start telling us about um, uh, who you are and how you and I met. Do you remember that uh, LinkedIn request that I sent you? Uh, and tell me what your thoughts were and, and, and just share a little bit about uh, how we were able to connect. <clears throat> well, it was, uh, I would say, divine appointment. Yes. Um, then um, I received a text from you and then I was wondering, who is she? And why she's sending me a message? What's going on? Um, maybe it was uh, something, uh, maybe a spam stuff. Right, right. But then when you mentioned about my comment into um, uh, this particular website, yes, I was really thrilled that somebody is there. There's one person in the world, <laughs> in America, who is pursuing what I said. So yes. I was really great that, uh, glad to see that somebody is holding me accountable for what yes. have I done. Yes. And also showing interest that uh, uh, perhaps if I was not able to pursue that passion, what was the reason? Yes. And then maybe there is some sort of encouragement and accountability or yes. support. Yes. So that's what I was thinking. And I was really very excited. So that's the reason I said that this was God's um, divine appointment. So thank yes. you so much Kayla, for reaching out. And yes. then uh, we exchanged, uh, you know, a few messages yes. and uh, we connected on WhatsApp. And uh, uh, I told you something about uh, a fantastic opportunity that God was bringing to us yes. about launching this uh, world's first mobile app for guiding um, untouchables or Dalit students in the careers. Yes. So... And then um, we were talking about uh, another opportunity is called uh, Youth Ashram, a uh, kind of a, a youth camp for the untouchables. And then um, you connected me with uh, Auslan. Yes. Maybe, you know, like potential yeah. collaboration. We yeah. created a little group. So I could see that I was able to resonate with you because I feel that I am bone connector. Yes. And uh, yeah. as I've told you earlier that I love connecting people even to the point of getting 14 people married. And uh, that was uh, just, uh, uh, I mean, that, that was just a ministry. There's no money out there, but it gives me a deep level of joy when I connect people. Yeah. So I feel that. So I, when I met you, another connector, it was really deeper yeah. level connection. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. And, you know, I think that leads us right into just your story and your business and how you transition from corporate, you know, from working for a really large um, tech company, telecom company, to what you do now. So you want to share that story? But how, how did you sure. what you were doing? Tell us the company and what you did and, and how you made that decision to transfer to coaching and consulting. Sure. Oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, thank you. Yes. So after my 
God allowed me to study um, in country's top engineering school and business school. I did my engineering into electronics and communication, and then my MBA into international business. And I was placed in Vodafone. So I was <clears throat> um, uh, leading uh, enterprise business, and then um, enterprise business is like the top business um, where we deal with large clients. But then I was doing some research on uh, um, M-Pesa that Vodafone had launched M-Pesa business in Kenya, mm -hmm. which has transformed peop uh, you know, uh, people's life. It was a product for the bottom of the pyramid sort of people. Yeah. And I thought that the same thing could be brought into India. That's right. um, so I did a research and I did, uh, I, I did nobody... Uh, allowed, uh, I mean, gave me that opportunity, but I created a, an opportunity for myself by the grace of God and my boss, bosses gave me um, their permission, their blessings. I, I, I just can't thank enough for Ajay Jain, who was there, and Jakpal Saini. So these couple of people had allowed me to pursue that uh, research project. I used all my business research method that I learned in my MBA and created wonderful uh, project which was highly appreciated Vodafone UK the headquarters global headquarters and Vodafone Tanzania and Vodafone Fiji mm -hmm. and then um, I just want to uh, share my passion I was in the top business which is enterprise business yeah. but I was thinking that I really want to make the world of difference into the lives of poor so that could have been done through M-Pesa so I was behind M-Pesa and I wanted to get into M-Pesa. So to cut the whole story short, I was rejected because what has happened when I was appreciated and a letter came from Vodafone UK to Vodafone India headquarters in Mumbai that this is a passionate guy, take him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But some of the leaders, they thought that I am trying to bring in the pressure from, you know, That's global right. headquarters. That's but right. uh, that wasn't the case. You're from so corporate. Just, He's going to come and see what we're doing and make sure and report back. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, so all of this uh, confusion, they, people did not take me for three years. I was failed 27 times in interviews. Oh, wow. I was in enterprise business and I wanted to move in M-Pesa business. Uh, technically speaking or uh, Worldly speaking, nobody, this is a blunder. Nobody want to do that. Right. But that was my passion and I went into it. And then uh, I uh, finally, 28th time, yeah. I got selected. I mean, 27 times I was rejected in three years. I applied 27 times. I was very persistent. and But finally, 28th time, I was selected and I was sent to Vodafone Himachal and Vodafone Punjab, which is like the most beautiful area of India, kind of Switzerland, oh, Himachal wow. Pradesh. Yeah, it's hilly area. So anyway, <clears throat> I launched that business in whole of the Himachal and uh, Punjab. Mm -hmm. And I realized that somehow we are not uh, leading this business as it was led in Kenya. Mm -hmm. Kenya's... 40% uh, of part of uh, M-Pesa has become 40% part of the GDP. But uh, in India, we, are, we were trying to run it as a business rather than a CSR product. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was really disgruntled. I was far away from my family because I believe in New Delhi, the capital of India. 
but for mpes i traveled uh, you know that far <laughs> um and i was there for a year and then i realized now this is a turning moment <clears throat> that i would like to share like your click moment I, yeah the click moment <laughs> i started feeling that with because they were about 50 folks reporting into me mm-hmm. i was a business development in sales and i've got four cars uh chauffeur driven cars given mm-hmm. by the company sure. nice place and lot of glory yeah so i started thinking would all these glory of my corporate world will it be thrown into the dustbin of corporate history or i should involve my life in something meaningful something which could make eternal difference and what could be more fulfilling than completing the task of lots great commission that's right you know that that's right so i was thinking um i don't want to do it uh, you know god is creative and he has create, created us to be creative Mm-hmm. so what is a creative way that i can do great commission that's right so i started thinking oh in india one of the biggest problem is we have no idea about who we really really are mm-hmm. what are gifts what are talents our passion core motivation deep desires influencing styles and all that stuff we have no idea and that's the reason we are <coughs> i'm sorry majority of us are uh, becoming engineer doctor architect lawyers but we are not really created to be an engineer or a doctor stuff like that so there is a huge mismatch happening that's right you know mm-hmm. so uh, and india is a shame culture as you know so if um, parent son and daughter is an engineer or a doctor or an architect or a lawyer they will have high name in the society that's right right Yeah. so they i would rather say i i'm sorry to be in outrageously blunt but these youth are murdered at the age of 18 when they get into university like engineering yeah. but they will be buried or cremated when they are 60 or 70 year old or 80 wow, year old that's deep. so they are yes that's, that's very deep yeah yeah and, and many of them you know um the other day uh, one of the largest uh, automobile company i was meeting the mm-hmm. uh, the director of training yeah. and he told me that they there are men and women at the age of 22 23 under 25 they are having high um uh, hypertension high blood pressure yep. and diabetes at yeah. this such a young age india yeah. is not a country where people get high bp and high diabetes before 60 Yeah. generally but this is is coming up but i was really shocked to see why it is happening so i realized because they are doing something what they can do but they were not really born to do that That's so right. they are running on battery That's right That's so <laughs> what's the fun of running on battery so <clears throat> and then i took up this um 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 mission that god uh, gave me this dream or mission is to help people understand mm-hmm. or help people discover and achieve what on earth they were put for because if we just help people to discover who they really really are of course this is a big thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> if i'm able to help somebody in india to discover who he or she really is of course she will be much ahead than 99% of the of the people of 1.3 billion people 
right. but that's not close the whole loop so discovering is one part and phase 2 should be helping this person achieve that that's right so uh, and that was a work of the early church they really help people discover who they really were and provided opportunities for the mission and send them that's right you know <clears throat> and uh, that was uh, <coughs> i'm sorry <clears throat> um um i think today's church also has lost that vision yes there are a lot of uh, programs going on but uh, there is no focus on people uh, people's understanding their design and this has been a huge problem lot of marriages i see is fail yes. failing yes. you know because yes. husband has no idea about who am who he is really right. that's the reason he could not understand his wife that's right and vice versa and also the roles are very important right the roles yes right the role the, the, yes the husband understands who he is and his strengths and his role then he can appreciate who she is and her strengths right and that's that's where you go yeah. yes absolutely you just spoke my heart kila yeah. thank you so much <laughs> yeah yeah and that I, i love marriage uh and my husband and i do marriage um coaching as well so we are certified through marriage dynamics it's a great oh, really? program and we've led some uh some groups in our churches and and it's transformative so i'm with you on wow. that yeah 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 wow wow i love that so and another problem you know <clears throat> people i i had been seeing people are running after things which do not matters really yeah yeah so and uh, again the origin is from there they have no idea about who am i that's the reason they did not understand what mm-hmm. do i really need really really need what do i really really want yeah so um i started uh, you know working on this program um helping people discover and achieve what on earth they were put for and then that brought me a lot of blessings and a lot of peace and i felt that now i am not running on battery though i was making uh, 200000 at vodafone i was lot of glory i had a lot of stuff and now if i come consider financially i am nowhere <laughs> but i am absolutely alive that's right that's you know right. that's right you're rich in a different way yeah i'm rich in a different way yeah. you're absolutely right yeah. <laughs> I'll just like you take some water. Absolutely. Take a break and and help yourself. But yeah, that that's important and I think, you know, when I thought about our conversation and what we could bring to the folks here in the uh in yeah, America yeah, yeah. who are um a lot of the the people that you saw that you interacted are people who are leaders right now. They have a nonprofit uh or they're thinking about it. They're professionals and they're thinking about what is it that they're really passionate about and and like you i want to encourage people to to discover their strengths and that's why i encourage that that test the strengths finders 
uh, tests to help them sort of pinpoint what they're really good at, what their passion is, and then go out there and do it. So tell me about how you've gone out there and you're, you've done it. So you left this big job, you were uh, making 200,000 K a year. And even in our terms here, that's a lot of money. That's a decent salary, um, you know, a very comfortable life. And you left that to pursue this initiative uh, to help the underserved. So tell me about what you do now. Tell me about the specifics of your of, of LeadWell and, and the companies that you're leading now. Sure. So I told about this uh, particular idea that I've got that uh, with some of my uh, mentors and uh, elders. Yes. Um, that God has placed this on my heart that I had been thinking about all this glory of my corporate world will be thrown into the dustbin of corporate history or I should involve my life in something meaningful. And I really want to do great commission in very creative and innovative ways. Mm -hmm. And I see this is a problem. So I really want to take up these trainings. So I was introduced to a couple of, uh, you know, training programs. Um, One was uh, by Coach Mission International, CMI is a mission uh, a fantastic coaching company yeah. ministry actually and number two was sema uh, international okay. they are world leader into uh, uh, you know that yeah. core motivation yes. so and then third one was at harvard so i sent uh, uh, an email i've never raised any funding and i was very shy <laughs> but i sent uh, uh, you know few emails to my uh, friends and elders and mentors mm-hmm. and I was fully covered wow. you know awesome but, oh sorry uh, before that I would like to mention something which I missed I'm really sorry yeah. um, so while I was still thinking in Vodafone about these things that time I got a call from a magazine company um, <clears throat> that is serving uh, um, one of the very strong magazine for untouchables, the Dalits of India. Okay. And there was an onslaught onto this magazine because they had uh, um, published something which was um, putting in kind of an onslaught to Hinduism theology. Okay. So the onslaught came from the top leaders and uh, they were attacked and uh, the, the company employees were put into jail and they were not allowed to you know publish and all that stuff was happening so i got a call from the founders and they knew me because they were christians mm-hmm. and we have met in one of the leadership conference where i was invited to uh, share my testimony yes. as well as the welcome note so i met them several years ago but we were in touch so they gave me a call and they said that they are dying can I help them? So I was in Vodafone and I was thinking that would all this glory of my corporate work will be thrown into the dustbin of corporate history. And then, but they did not have the money to pay me. Mm -hmm. So I took um, 40% salary, you know, so I took up a challenge and I said, okay, I'm coming to help. And uh, I made a commitment for a year and, uh, that was like uh, 60% salary cut I took and I joined this company um, because by that time I had realized what is my need. Actually, my need was 
just 40% of what I was making. Right. So I was able to take the decision. That's so right. again, this idea is coming when you know who you really are, you also understand what do you need. That's right. So I took this uh, uh, 60% salary cut and joined uh, this company, Media House, and was working. At that time, I was introduced to these folks. I met a lot of politicians mm-hmm. from the because of affirmative action, people have gotten into jobs in um, politics and all, uh, you know, bureaucracy. Sure. But the issue is these people, though they are politicians, though they are in bureaucracy or in other leadership profile, but they are so powerless that they cannot, you know, uh, think on their own. Right. And I understood their plights, you know, some of, uh, you know, uh, like people in the South, um, they are uh, having, uh, it is said to be like they have uh, African background, you know, but then people in the North then in the East and the West. So untouchables are everywhere, these Dalits. Mm -hmm. So I understood their plights that... uh, they have been raped, cut into pieces, murdered, wow. you know, do not, they were not allowed to take healthy food. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed to, you know, read and study. Oh, wow. They were uh, made, the women were made. I mean, it was mandatory for the uh, uh, women in the South India that they were not allowed to wear blouse or anything. They were mm-hmm. open. Mm-mm. it was uh, the mandatory for them. And then they were also asked to carry one vessel. It was tied in their neck so that if they spit somewhere, they will spit not on the ground. If they spit on the ground, it will be polluted. It will become unauspicious. They have to spit in this uh, hanging um, oh, wow. um, vessel. At the same time, on their vest, they were... Uh, there was uh, a broom tied up, you know, which is, so this man is, a woman is going and the broom is tied up, which is uh, following this guy. And the idea was this man, this Dalit untouchable man, he is polluting the ground and this broom is cleansing it away. Oh, wow. When a Dalit man married. Today, this isn't today in India now, this is going on? Oh, yes. In some interior villages. And you know, when uh, an untouchable man marries, so in the name of purifying his wife, so there's a community, um, you know, which does all this manipulation. Okay. And uh, what they do, you know, because they are the one who conduct the marriages like they are the priest. Wow. So they take this wife who is just married today sure. and have sex with her and enjoy her for a week in the name of purifying her. Wow. Wow. So she will be written back to her husband. This is such a shame. Right, right. And if this untouchable man, you know, by mistake, if he hears some uh, Hinduism 
uh, sacred mantras, you know, which is playing somewhere in the temple by mistake, not uh, uh, intentionally, even sure. by mistake. Sure. So what will be done? You know, they would put um, a mercury, a glass will be boiled and turned into mercury and it, they will be put into his ears. Oh my gosh. And if he has spoken some Hindu mantra, his tongue will be cut. Wow. So he so, so they they're not welcome to be to the Hindu religion. They're not they're not welcomed and the Hindu the Hindu people are not trying to win them. They don't want them. Yeah, so Hinduism is divided between four uh, categories. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one is Brahmin, the top caste. Mm -hmm. the priest number two is uh, the merchant which is uh, the banias mm -hmm. number three is uh, um, kshatriyas the warrior mm -hmm. and number fourth is shudras the servants and these are the four categories that india is divided into but mm -hmm. untouchables are not part of this system at all they are fifth oh wow so even just, uh, and another thing, you know, there is a tradition in the name of uh, religion. They have, uh, you know, started several traditions. One of the tradition is their daughters will be taken at very young age, like seven or eight, and she will be put into temple as a temple prostitute. Wow. Where the priest will enjoy her and his friends and his relatives throughout her life. Wow. And there is, they have put so much fear onto their mind, even till today it is happening. It is happening for 5,000 years. Wow. Till today it is happening. So, so, so tell me what you're doing to change that. What are some of the initiatives that you've done to, to <clears throat> shift that and change that narrative? Sure. So um, I also would like to share um, um, just one more thought. Mm -hmm. So there were hundreds and thousands of different atrocities. They are also made a uh, naked parade. Like recently, uh, just a couple of months ago, one family where husband and wife, more than 50 year old, and then uh, their grand, uh, you know, their mom, which is like 70 and children and sisters, all sort of people, they entered into a temple mm -hmm. and they, the punishment because they were also not allowed to enter into temple. Mm -hmm. So the punishment that they received is they were made naked and were oh, made parried oh, in the streets in the whole village. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so, and now the important fact is I would like to focus here. So some of those untouchables people, they become Christians. Now what has happened? They are segregated even there. Mm -hmm. So, in, uh, you know, many churches, which is a mainstream churches, they have a separate cemetery for untouchable Christian, for oh, Dalit Christians. Wow. Wow. They are made sit on the ground while other people are sitting on the chairs, on the tables. Wow. There is a separate line, you know, separate uh, sitting plan for these untouchables, you know. Wow. So, so what has happened, these people... Uh, who is this priestly community who has been manipulating this for 5,000 years, they also turned and become Christians mm -hmm. and they brought the same sort of caste Oppression. system. This yes, 
in the church into christianity also yeah. wow wow so um my work with them is uh, um i uh, you know when i you know through this magazine i i learned all of these things and my heart was <clears throat> really crying and uh, i was thinking somebody has to stand in the breach mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i i uh, took up a challenge or a uh, you know i felt strongly that god is calling me to do something in this area so i went and um, talked with few leaders and first of all i resigned from this job because they were i did not have enough time to do something specific for them yeah so my um uh, passion became to help these people firstly the household of god which is is belit christians these untouchable christians and then taking on the larger community which is uh, which is not yet christian but they are called so called hindus they are not actually hindus they were never been hindus but they have been manipulated and uh, are told that you are hindus but they are not wow so um i have been uh, doing leadership along with the leadership development training programs mm-hmm. uh you know god has brought wonderful opportunity for us uh, that i got grace i was given a contract by cbci cbci is a catholic bishop conference of india mm-hmm. it is country's apex body for catholics mm-hmm. i'm not a catholic mm-hmm. um but uh, i have got a lot of connections in the catholic uh, denomination through these sure. people sure. so they have brought in uh, you know 27 national leaders from across the country and they gave us 9 days of doing the leadership development training programs oh, wow. where we did this strength finders we helped them understand the design sure. okay we, so we did it was a full pack program you know full day program Nine days. It was big program, <laughs> so we did that, and then God brought another, uh, you know, several more opportunities uh, uh, to deal with the leaders. So what I do, I do these trainings, especially with these people. Uh, so I've got some friends. Uh, one of them is John Cock from Switzerland, and uh, then there are uh, other people: Anita Rustin from South Africa, mm-hmm. Ian Rustin, and some. you know other folks from uh, america because i am a connected and i love con- uh, you know doing thing collaboratively yes yes so we have been doing this and i am personal coach to these uh, some bureaucrats and um, you understand bureaucrats those who are yes. in the foreign services civil services That's right. and some politicians mm-hmm. coming from this untouchable background plus there is a specific thing that i love doing so there is an orphanage uh, that i am part of this is uh, uh, run by catholics mm-hmm. and uh, there are hun- uh, 262 children mm-hmm. from the age 3 to 25 mm-hmm. or 30 and i deal with teenagers and above so these are children of sex workers they're children of hiv patients and the leprosy patients and some have no idea about who their father or mother was right. they were just thrown out mm-hmm. so these people are uh, 
serving and loving them. So I was introduced to this and uh, I started serving them. Good. And what I do is I do this discover your design thing with them. And I do, um, you know, uh, coaching and counseling and mentoring with them. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. There are so many sex. And also, as I've told you, helping people discover and achieve what on earth you put for. So, um, I, I don't care about people's passion, whatever they are. Like this girl, she told me that one of the orphanage girl from, um, um, from this orphanage, she told me that she wants to be the policymaker at the UN. And I introduced, you know, I had uh, developed some friendship with uh, um, a lady who is a daughter of the uh, global CEO of SoftBank. Oh, wow. And they, they have scholarships, a special scholarship uh-huh. uh, for somebody like that. Yeah. So they, there was a condition that if uh, she has got like 85% percentage of marks in her 12th grade right. yeah. and yeah. wherever she wants to go, whether she wants to go study in the Harvard or Oxford or Princeton, wherever they don't care, wow. they Where will fully fund her. Wow. wow. She will be fully funded. And she will get once in a year, take it back to home and all her lodging and boarding, everything is fully funded. Wow. So <laughs> I gave her coaching and I trained her because the uh, selection process was very tough. Mm-hmm. So she made it through. Good, good. <laughs> so, one of your success and, stories. Yeah, one of my success stories that was really great. Yes. Um, her name is Hinga. Um, so now she has gotten to, uh, she received acceptance from country's top school called St. Stephen's College. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, she is planning to go to uh, London School of Economics and Political Science, Good. you know, and then, uh, that's her plan. And then from there, she would like to go to Kennedy, uh, School of Government at Harvard University. Yes. Oh, good. So, that's the career chart that I've devised for her. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, uh, let's see. Another great girl was, you know, she uh, she was she told me, you know, sir, uh, her father passed when he was 35. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a remarkable woodcraft artist. And when his funeral was going on, that time, um, he, he was working on uh, uh, an art piece and it was half finished and then he died. And this half finished piece, it was kept on the uh, Almira somewhere. But during that time, so many people were coming to their house and somebody stole that away. Oh, wow. And she has got desire to complete that task because the design was onto her mind. That's right. And then uh, I and she want to be this woodcraft artist. And then I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is uh, I don't know anybody in the woodcraft industry. Sorry. But God brought a man, one of the top artists from Damascus. Wow! In Interesting. <laughs> I uh, he was visiting Delhi, and it was divine appointment that I was able to see him. And then I told him about this little girl. Yeah. She is fourteen year old. Yeah. And uh, um, 
she i took him to this orphanage and then he dis, he talked with her and then he said that he is coming to teach her awesome and really so awesome. he decided to come for uh, uh like 6 months you know initially and then it could go for awesome. one year so i told him that i will provide him all the i'll take care of all his living expenses and the food but i am won't be able to pay his uh, thing but i also gave him another uh, uh, idea that because he makes beautiful beautiful stuff wood stuff yeah. he is one of the top artists uh, from syria yeah. so i told him that uh, you teach them but at the same time you keep making your wood stuff and i will market them Yeah. in the elite class so that he can make because he has got couple of daughters that's right he has to provide food on the table if he is in india so he has to send the money back that's to home right. that's right so this is how we have devised strategy awesome. you know awesome oh my goodness so i was one more story i would like to share you know uh, so i was it was play time going on so this girl said she would like to talk to me and i said yeah she was 15 year old she's 15 year old and i said yeah so we were talking and then she talked about this boy she says uh, sir i love this boy but he does not love me he loves somebody else mm-hmm. but that woman is ditching him she loves somebody else but she is not telling him and all that thing yeah, so yeah. They, <laughs> so we were quite keep talking and all that for about an hour and then afterwards she said sir i don't know why but i want to share something very personal with you i said yeah go ahead because they know that i don't talk about this to uh, anywhere i don't mention their names and uh, i keep their identity very safe and secret of course so she said yeah so she said that said i had only one brother who is now almost blind mm. and he might be a uh, 20 year old right now and he has never come to see me but you know what he thinks that i do not remember anything but i remember it all so i said what was that so she said that there is a place called kolkata in india wow. is like west india yeah. so there she was living with her mom and brother and she says that we used to live naked i said what because her mother was a prostitute wow and she told me i had a sister who was 8 or 9 year old she was brutally raped and because of that she died and she remembered that she was lying down on the street so she had got all that sort of pain in yeah. her mind and uh, but thanks be to god somebody took her to this orphanage and she is saved yeah. and she does not know what happened to her mom mm-hmm. and to her brother so she told me finally that she wants to be a pilot and wow. then i had got a friend you know in our church who is flying the politician indian politician mm-hmm. from one place to another place within the country he is a commercial pilot oh wow so i took him to this orphanage like again you see connector yes 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 <laughs> because yes. we connectors we know a lot of people that's right, that's right. in different ways and we love connecting so i took him there and then shown him the picture and stuff and then he talked with her and she was very excited she felt she told me that now she has hope that she, she will be pilot one day Absolutely. you know female pilot too i love it 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are so many testimony. Another guy, he told me he want to be Muhammad Ali from India and he does not, uh, uh, you know, he's nice and he wants to have this boxing kit so that he can do the test. And actually I was saving money because when you leave Vodafone and try to pursue your passion calling, you don't make that much. (laughs) I was trying to save money, you know, to buy my uh, shoes for me. Mm -hmm. But then I thought this guy, I don't want him to die. I mean, I don't want uh, him to forget or die his passion of pursuing this. So it was hard for me. It was a very tough pill to swallow. But I swallowed it. Of course. And I got him this. And I got him this this boxing kit. And he on Christmas Day. Yes. He was so excited and happy. One more testimony. There are so many hundreds of testimony. But one more I want to share. So in Mumbai, Mumbai is, is like... West India is the capital, a uh, financial capital of the country. Yes. yes. Like Delhi is the actual capital of India. Mm-hmm. Mumbai is the financial capital. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was uh, orphan children summit was happening, national summit. And we had to, uh, we planned to send our 15 uh, children to this summit. And God gives me some crazy ideas, you know. So I got another crazy idea. I said, why don't we give them these other people the first time in life flying experience? Why don't we send them by flight? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, brother. <laughs> they will not get this opportunity, but why can't we do it? But we don't have money. That's so right. what? Then I wrote letters to so many airline companies, okay, uh, including one nationalized airway, airline called Air India. Mm-hmm. And I got an appointment to see the chairman and managing director. Oh, wow. You know, and I told him my passion mm-hmm. of these people. We wanna give. I wanna give them first time in life flying experience because uh-huh. there's a orphan children conference happening in Mumbai. Right. So he said uh, he will work it out, but it is tough. So let me see. So after a week, uh, the thing came out. He told me sorry, he cannot do that, and I was really devastated. Yeah. I was thinking, what can be done? So I was praying asking the Lord for strength yeah. and uh, wisdom. And then I remembered one of, one of my friends, she works with Vistara. Mm-hmm. You know, Vistara Airways. No, I don't. What is Vistara? Vistara Airways is a very famous airline. Mm-hmm. It is from Singapore. Oh, okay. So I told her to send me uh, the number, uh, the, not the email of global CEO. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Mr. Leslie Thang. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a letter and I directly sent him a letter. So there was a couple of people, one Indian CEO and one global CEO. So I specifically told her not to give me Indian CEO because I knew because it he may not do it. He may not That's be passionate, right. but that guy may be become passionate. That's good. That's because good. they are thinking from different perspectives. So I sent him a letter right. mentioning about all my passion, about my ministry with these That's young right. folks, what I do. And uh, he said, he sent me a response that all to and fro tickets are free. 
Wow, so, <laughs> that is amazing. Actually, I had requested him. I had requested him to give me concessional ticket. I did not ask him the free tickets. Mm -hmm. I told him that this is my passion and my dream that these people should get, uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, first time in life experience. So would you mind giving me a concessional ticket? So he canceled concessional thing, but he gave me free tickets. <laughs> What's the difference? What's a concessional ticket? So if a ticket is $100, concessional ticket might be for $50 or for $20 oh, or for $30. So you were going to pay something, but he said, no, you don't have to pay anything. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. So he gave, he was outrageously generous and he sent that money. Oh, not money. He just uh, sent the instruction to his, uh, you know, Indian headquarters yeah. and awesome. we received the tickets. So these children got first time in life flying experience oh. and I was deeply touched. How amazing. So we got 17 tickets. Uh, 15 were the children yes. and two were wardens. So I did not go there, but uh, I really enjoyed seeing them, uh, you know, travel by air. <laughs> And I think you're, you know, like today, tonight we were talking about um, reaching out and, and letting your curiosity and your faith sort of allow you to reach out and, and, and connect with people that maybe you would never be able to connect. And you're doing that. Yeah. You're doing that. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what, yes. what I try to encourage. So I love that story. I love what you're doing. So tell me what's in the future for you. Where, where do we go from here? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, well, this is a great question. Um, next five years, I see myself as a married man. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if I can help in any way, I want to help. <laughs> sure. And, uh, I know somebody. Okay. Sure. So, and maybe having a couple of kids of yes. our own, of biologically, course. then we can adopt some. Yes. Uh, but yes. my idea is, <clears throat> like, African diaspora, mm -hmm. um, they were brought from West Africa in US and UK, and they have undergone a lot of, you know, suffering, sure. struggles. Absolutely. They have huge plight. Similarly, these untouchables has got that sort of plight, you know, or maybe deeper. Yes. And because of biblical values in US and UK, okay. you guys... Uh, have some sort of I would say equality you are enjoying that mm -hmm. and right sort of affirmative action but in India it is not because there is no biblical value it's right. a manipulative system right right okay. so I would want to see that what are those lessons that we can learn from African diaspora from UK and US their struggles, their plights, their issues, and yeah. how they overcame, Civil how rights. they became yes. unstoppable, how they rose, you know, yes. and yes. Learn, bringing in those lessons uh, for Indian Dalits, untouchables. Mm -hmm. So I want to do something in that area, and perhaps that might allow, uh, you know, if God willing, I would also like to do a PhD from, um, oh, yeah. you know, Harvard, University Department of African African American, American Study, where I draw out the parallels between yeah. these two people yeah. and bring in some sort of synergies, connections, yes. Yes. you know. And that if God willing, exciting. yeah. And if God willing, win some for the Lord during yes. that process. 
Yes. From India. Yeah. You know? I love it. And I think you'll do it. And I love the context of a PhD study because that, that allows for it. That may allow and open the door for funding for you. That also will allow for you to document that in an academic journal and to legitimize, you know, this effort to, to bring the, the, the lessons that we've learned from apartheid in, in South Africa, right? Yes. And, and uh, yes. the lessons we've learned from the civil rights movement in America, the lessons yes. that we've learned from the, for the diaspora in the UK and even in France and, the, and, and really Europe being a forerunner Inequality for minorities, as you know, a lot of uh, a lot of artists that were in in America in the fifties and the forties, uh, Nat King Cole, Josephine Baker, went to Europe to seek wow. reprieve because they were not able to perform in the U.S. They didn't have equality, so they lived in Europe freely and happily. So I think there are a lot of lessons, like you said, historically that we can look at from Europe uh, to then now the civil rights movement and even in the Caribbean, right? In the yes, Caribbean, yes. Through the slave trade and all of the African yes. nations, uh, uh, African uh, uh, descent nations, Jamaica, Haiti. Yes. We can look at yes. some of the things that that went right, and then some of the things that didn't work so well. You know, countries like Haiti that struggle with with uh, mm -hmm. a lot of issues, and and um, you know, I think it's great. I love it. I love I love research. I love journals, and I love it when we can take a concept that that comes out of passion, and we can legitimize that with research. You can you can give it a voice, right? <laughs> journals. Maybe they don't think like us, right? They're not yes, thinking about yes. the diaspora. They're not thinking about equality. They're thinking about science. They're thinking about social justice. But we can say, hey, social justice is important, and it's, it's quantifiable. We can put yes. numbers to it. We can study it. We can replicate these ideas, and we can test it in different contexts, different cultures, and, and, and analyze the results and make the world better. So I um, love it. I love so it. I, I think that PhD context is really gonna, gonna allow you to, to bring a voice and put a spotlight in a really legitimate way to some of the things. But, but Kila, um, I would say this is a goal because I wanna see the things got turned upside down. Yeah. 5,000 years of history, I wanna change. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, which is of course a good size thing. And somebody, if you ask me, what is, what will you fight for and what will you die for? Only one thing comes to my heart is social justice. That's right. I want to see these people mm -hmm. are, have partnered with, you know, people like Afro-Americans, right. you know, Afro-UK people That's right. and are doing something remarkable because they don't have, you know, That's right. any justice here. You know, right. they have been subjugated for thousands of years and will continue to do so. Uh, the system is that it will continue to do so. So I'm praying for Dr. Henry, Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Yes. I think he's heading. I love yeah, him. So I'm, I do know him. I, I don't know him personally, but I watch his shows and I love him. Yes. So I'm praying. I don't also know him personally, but I just heard about him. So I'm praying for him that God, you know, open up some doors for me to uh, to tell him about this passion of mine that I want to do something under his leadership in yeah. these areas, I research yeah. my PhD and uh, something yeah. like that. That is one. 
So this is about social justice. But at the same time, I would like to see these people are transformed by helping them discover who they really, really were Mm-hmm. And achieve that purpose, whether they want to be a pilot, whether they want to be, yeah. you know, a boxer, whether they want to be an engineer, whether they want to be uh, anything in this world, mm-hmm. you know, they have got all the opportunities to showcase. Actually, you just now, just few minutes back, you have said something that some people, they move from those countries to other where they could perform yeah. because those circumstances yeah. were not allowing them to, That's you know, right. truly yeah. flourish. Or act what they were really created to do. So, um, my idea is the vision, right? They had the yes. Vision. There was something that told them that there was a better place, that there was a better world, that there was acceptance someplace else, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I want to see myself in next five year role. Oh, in next five year that I am. Oh, um, by the way, do you know uh, Doctor? Uh, um, uh, John Edmund Hagai. Hagai. No. He's, he's from Hagai Institute. He is 95 or 98 year old man. Mm-hmm. And he has founded something called Hagai Institute in Hawaii. Okay. He's a leadership guy. Yeah. Okay. Very well respected Christian. Yeah. So in last five years, he has sent me a couple of, you know, emails three, three times mm-hmm. where he said that you are the Barnabas of 21st century. So I love motivating, I love, you know, encouraging people. So in, to answer back your question, five years, where do I see myself? I want to see myself to become the chief motivator mm-hmm. of helping these folks discover and also achieve what honor they were put for. Awesome. And send them around the world, you know, give them one opportunities after another, but with a with the view that at some time, at some point of time, these people mm-hmm. experience the love of God and know him as a personal savior. Because wow. I feel that this is what uh, they must understand that from where all of these gifts, talents, passion, deep desires, motivations, and strength are coming. It's coming from the Lord. That's right. So they must find their identity in the Lord. That's right. So ultimate is that uh, vision, but... Uh, I want to take the root of social justice, yeah. entrepreneurship, you know, using technology and innovation um, help just to do that. Because um, as I've told you that uh, in the summer, you know, we have been asked by this large untouchable group mm-hmm. to do the youth camp yes. or the Sunday, Sunday camp, Sunday school sort of camp for the children and the teenagers and the adults you know, in different part of the country. So this is a fantastic opportunity because as I've told you, uh, they were, uh, um, um, when we launched this mobile app, they were about, it was Mumbai's, uh, the largest auditorium, about 7,000 people. Yes. But when we launched in Nagpur, which is another city, there was about 8 million people. All were coming from untouchable background. So untouchables are... <clears throat> 24% of 1.3 billion people. So it's a huge number. That's right. They're almost their quarter. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So did I answer your question? You did. You definitely did. <laughs> and you know what? I, I want to, you know, I want to close with this because I think it's, it's a great conversation. 
one, we have to create a way to continue this conversation. So, and yes. we have to do it in a live context so that uh, yes. people can interact with you. They can ask questions and, and, and they can benefit. You know, I believe in iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, I believe that, that we need to be exposed. And I think a lot of us uh, are not growing and are not expanding our faith or expanding our vision or our strategy because we're around the same people hearing the same thing. So I really, really I love the intersection of, of yes. ideas and culture and perspective. And I think, uh, and, and this is really happening here. So I'm excited for that. And I'm so excited and I will continue to pray for all the efforts that you're doing in India. Now tell me, where are you located right now? What part of, uh, are you in uh, New Delhi still or? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are? We okay. are in New Delhi. So we okay. are in Delhi for last 200 years. We are okay. really long exactly. time. Yes. <laughs> so, awesome. as, yeah, as you were mentioning uh, earlier, so uh, you, along with your whole family, are most welcome. I would love to host you in India, in I'm Delhi. Welcome. And I'm then maybe, God willing, uh, I'll take you around and show you some places based yeah. on your taste. Yeah. And then your people can also, whoever is interested to come over to India, they are most welcome. So, as I've told you, my interest is helping people discover their design. Yes. My interest is in technology, using technology to bless, love, and serve people. Yes. Um, <clears throat> innovation, entrepreneurship, yes. and the top thing is social justice. That's right. I'll fight for it, I'll die for it. That's right. I've got so many interests <laughs> and passions. It's not really so many, it's really one. It's really <laughs> one. And I'll, and I'll close with this. I know um, in, in the first century church, the way Christianity was spread was there was a plague that was going around that people were dying. Uh, and Christians were the ones who went and, and treated and worked with people and sacrificed their lives for, mm -hmm. for just to be close to these people to treat them. And that's how, that's how Christianity spread because people in Greece and people in Syria and, and, and in all of these parts of the world saw that these people loved people they didn't know. And when their families abandoned them, these folks went in and they fed them and took care of them. Some of them got sick and died and they sacrificed their lives to help others. So I think all of the visions that you say you have and all the passions, it's really one passion. It's really service. It's really service. Yes. And I think yes. that's what we all have in common. I think that's what brings us together. And, and I know that in the end, even though it seems like we're going in a different direction, you know, you're working in India, I'm working here in the States, and we really are going in one direction. And I think we're mm -hmm. becoming one, we're becoming the one church or we're becoming one team or becoming one, one concept and, and, and one love, you know, and I think I really, really strongly believe in that. So while you're working in India, I'm working here, but we're, we're really under one direction. And, yes. and I am excited. I accept your offer. One day we'll, we'll, we will get together. We will be in India or maybe you'll be here and you go to Harvard and, and you can meet Aslan and meet everybody and Cherie. So we get together with all the leaders that, that uh, watch the, the broadcast on uh, Leadership Live Monday. Thank you, Mr. Asad, for your time. Have an amazing rest of your day. I know it's 11 o'clock there uh, in the morning. It's 11 p.m. here. So thank you so much, sir, for your time. We will continue to stay in touch. 
And join us again next Monday for Leadership Live. Kayla, I just can't uh, express in my words <clears throat> how much meeting you mean to me. Oh. Thank you so much for encouraging me and inspiring me. And thank you so much for uh, touching our hearts. Absolutely. And I really love that. May God richly bless you. May he keep you. May make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you now and forever. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Same to you. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.